0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we are back from Toronto now, putting out this episode on Tuesday, of course, and we had quite a great time out there in the land of 1,000 first-round playoff losses. Really great to be back home in America's greatest city, though, that, of course, being Buffalo, New York. And we got to see the Arctic Monkeys, got to hit some of the great sites. Obviously, Toronto is a wonderful city, of course, and it was it was a great time being there. But we got into it a little bit with a Maple Leafs fan at the Arctic Monkeys concert. Well, you did. Well, I, yeah, I guess I should say I did. And it wasn't, I, I should also be clear here, it was not my fault. It was not my prompting or anything of the sort. But we're at the concert. We have a big group. There's uh, nine of us at the show. And... We ask a couple of fellows who are standing right by us if they wouldn't mind taking our picture. They say yes. We end up chatting it up with them. Really a couple nice dudes. Uh, start talking about, you know, we say we're from Buffalo. So they're, of course, asking about the Bills and the Sabres because obviously Buffalo Sabres are on the minds of Toronto sports fans 24-7. And we get to talking about things a little bit. They were all really nice, though. Had some nice things about to say about the Bills and Sabres, and we were just kind of joking around with them a bit. But then about an hour into the concert, the guy who took the pictures there, he's enjoying himself and having a good time. He's with two of his buddies. Some other guy showed up, both of them just slumped, not engaged. One of them's like sitting down on the ground. I don't know if he had a little bit too much to drink. But this guy who's there at the concert is obviously getting a little bit bored. And so at one point, he goes, Hey, Buffalo, to kind of get all of our attention. We turn around and he starts just kind of joking around about Buffalo stuff. Just trying to, I think, engage us because he, again, is just it was practically at a concert by himself because both of his friends just were like in another dimension at this point. I think his
1: one friend was sleeping on the ground.
0: I think so. I think. be yeah. right. But anyways, though. So then it turns into we we hear uh, I get a tap on the shoulder from Jonah, our good pal. And I turn around to see the, the one Toronto guy and he goes, hey, how's Jack Eichel doing? And without missing a beat. I was very proud of myself because we were at the concert for a little bit, enjoying some beverages and we're hanging out. And as soon as he drops it on me, I look him dead in the face and go, my man, do me a favor. Remind me who had more goals last season, Tage Thompson or Austin Matthews. And when I tell you the man, I don't know if I would go as far to say stunned, but he didn't have much of a response. There was like a good like five second pause where the guy was like, all right, I was not expecting that. Then he threw back something else. I I don't know, whatever. And then you heard his one buddy say something. He was like,
1: he was the one that was definitely too uh, inebriated. And he was like, Austin Matthews, new contract. And he was like, hey, hey, don't bring that up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just absolutely beautiful. And so because we are now into our first episode of September, we're still waiting for training camp to start. Not really a whole lot going on in the hockey world. We thought that we would talk a little bit about the best insults that you can throw at a Maple Leafs fan, a fun little first week of September episode here. And In the aftermath of the exchange that I had with the guy, I immediately then realized that I could have thrown out a, a number of different insults. The, the first one that came to mind, aside from the and Matthews one, was do me a favor and remind me who's been to the conference finals more recently. Obviously, Sabres, of course. Embarrassing. But yeah. we thought we had maybe, even though it was a little bit of short notice last night, we put a tweet up asking for everybody else's opinion on what they think are the best insults to a Maple Leafs fan. And so let's go through and, uh, and rattle off a few of these, our friend, Matt Scott, he had thrown a couple at us and had said, what's it like placing all your hopes and dreams on a, pe- <laughs> on a pedo mustache, which, wow, not bad. We're hitting it hard there off the bat. He followed up by going with, and this one is a little bit of uh Hurtful one to, to Taylor and I, but he goes, what's it like rooting for the Yankees of the NHL without the success? And then, <laughs> and yeah, then Steve, a big goes, caveat. Yeah, big caveat. And then Steve Pellegrino responds and goes more like the Mets. And then Matt then responds and goes, eh, I disagree. I never think the Mets will be good. And then Steve goes, Yankees fans expect the team to be good because that's the historical precedent with the Leafs. It's just pure delusion. So that's a nice little exchange there, fellas. Thank you for that one.
1: I agree. I don't know if the Leafs are really either of them. Maybe they're hmm, that's a, that's honestly that's interesting, huh? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if the Leafs are like anyone. I think kind of they're in their they're kind of their own thing because they are the biggest and richest franchise. And prior to expansion, they were second most successful behind Montreal. They were pretty close to Montreal at that point in 1967. But they have the longest playoff drought. Like a fifty-six year playoff drought. Or not playoff drought, sorry, cup drought. Cup drought. And on top of that, this era of Canadians, and you know, mind you, they haven't even been to the cup. This era of Toronto hockey is just stunning. It's it's incredible. Seven playoff appearances, one series win, and they were swept or lost in five games to Florida. Mm. This year, when it was like, really, they finally had their their path. Like, hey, our path's here. Finally, Tampa lost. We beat them. Yeah, so there's just, I don't know if there's anything like it. Like, a team that's as big and important and rich as them, they have the biggest fan base in hockey. They were like the worst team in the NHL for the 70s and 80s. Mm. Then the 90s, you have two conference finals losses. You have the early 2000s where you have another one. You have just another terrible decade. And then you have whatever this is. I don't think there's a comparison in sports. So, like, I can't even say, like, I think it's almost the insult to try to compare someone else to the Leafs. Like, you know, you try to say, like, oh, this team could be the Leafs of the NFL or MLB or whatever else going forward. But, yeah, like, yeah, I I like the turn of phrase, the Yankees without the success. (laughs) (laughs) That's, yeah, that's a pretty big difference, I guess. That's a tough
0: one, too, especially considering the Yankees' recent uh success, yeah. or lack thereof, we should say. The
1: Yankees are the Celtics. Oh, man. With oh. more recent success, though, obviously, but still, they're, they're, that's their closest comparison. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> wow. What a... That's, yeah, inspired responses, guys. Did we get anything well, else?
0: we did, actually. Steve sent one on his own before he responded to Matt, and just goes, 1967, which...
1: Interesting. Interesting. Year. Stuff.
0: Nice. Nice and right to the point. That's beautiful. The Beatles got,
1: white album is, this, I assume what he's referring
0: to. Is that the year? Uh, no, that was actually 68. He's, I think referring to Sergeant Pepper's coming out in 67. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Common mistake. Anyway, Buffalo Nats fan at John Phillips seven says, how is that Zamboni goalie doing?
1: <laughs> David Ayers, <laughs> David Ayers, baby. My guy. Probably. Well, one more. Lives in Toronto, right? He's a, he's a Maple Leafs fan too. Do we think
0: that Maple Leafs fans look back on that kind of poking fun at themselves, or do we think that that's like an actual sore spot?
1: I don't think it should be a sore spot. I don't know. I it's just a regular season loss,
0: and it's such a preposterous thing that it's like, come on, if you can't look back at that and poke fun at yourself and chuckle,
1: like, yeah, and it was against a better team too, wasn't it? it wasn't against the Canes? Was. Yeah, I don't know if you, how mad you can be at that it's a, it's just funny. It's a funny thing. You guys shouldn't be that mad about that. Get mad about, I don't know, everything else. You're going to see. Uh, who who are their goalies going into this year? Because it's another tough situation in that for them, isn't it? I know it is for us too. But I believe it would be Ilya Samsonov again. And then
0: is it is it Joseph Wool? Or do they pick? Some, they signed somebody, didn't they? They oh. did sign somebody. <laughs> they signed
1: Martin Jones. <laughs> oh, that's right. <gasps> Oh, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh. oh, great stuff. Uh Any other uh responses? Are those the only ones? Two more. Chucky Goods.
0: Again, nice straight to the point. It was three to one. Mm.
1: It was four to one. Is he referring to 2013? Because it was four to one.
0: Was four to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was four to one. Against the Bruins. Just ten minutes left. Beautiful.
1: And your boy... Tweeted that Phil Kessel scored the dagger, quote unquote. There's a real tweet out there where I said that. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Not really. I mean, it's a lose lose, honestly. In hindsight, it was pretty funny. And hey, we didn't know it at the time, but the Bruins had a pretty funny loss in the cup. So I'm glad they got through.
0: True, true. All right, well, let's finish off then with Hockey Nut 97. The similarity between the Leafs' playoff performance and the Titanic. They both look good until they hit the ice. Folks.
1: And so my takeaway from this is that it's really easy to make fun of the Leafs. I agree. Well, why don't we take this a step further here, Taylor, rather than just ragging
0: on them with some pretty quality zingers. If I do say so myself, I would love to know what you think of the Leafs this upcoming season and where you think they stand. Do you think that, When you look at a team like the Bruins, obviously, with the losses of of Krejci and and Bergeron, in addition to the UFAs that they lost, and and Bertuzzi and Orlov, uh, Taylor Hall, they end up losing. And so you have them, and then you obviously have Florida, which went on an incredible playoff run here. I think they were a bit better than their regular season record, but good enough to be the best team coming out of the East. That maybe is questionable. They also have a lot of question marks and goal. Obviously, we talk plenty about our beloved Buffalo Sabres here, and they also have some question marks and goal there, along with really not making any additions that are notably uh, particularly impactful to either the forward group or the defense. Of course, Clifton and Johnson being in the mix, I think, should end up bringing the median of how good this team's defense is, but really didn't make any moves that I I would say – Substantially move the needle for them. You have the Red Wings, obviously, which are taking pretty much the same approach as last year, which is going all in on free agency and really, you know, a lot of question marks and goal there as well. And then you look at the rest of the division and you have Tampa, of course, who's aging Toronto, finally able to get over the hump with them in the playoffs, but still relatively good team. So I guess what I'm getting at here, Taylor, is you have all these teams that should be in contention at least. They still have some question marks. Do you feel as though the Leafs are in a position to take over the Atlantic this year and really make a substantial playoff run? Or do you think they're going to continue to be the frauds that we have come to know and love in the playoffs?
1: Uh, I think they're going to have a good regular season because they're mainly the same team, unless the goaltending is really, really bad, which it could be. Martin Jones is terrible. Uh, I think, you know, if Samsonoff's just like fine they should be pretty good. Like things haven't changed that much. Like core piece wise, they have lost some of their, you know, their depth and they've replaced it with, I don't know. They've kind of some strange moves, I would say, but whatever it's depth pieces. It's not, it's not like they traded Nylander for a bag of pucks or whatever, but I would say this regular season, I expect them to be good. I don't, Probably needless to say, <laughs> I don't expect them to go in a big playoff run. And then from there, I think things really get interesting. We went over recently when Matthew signed his contract. We looked at their future contract situation, and it's like, what are they going to do? They let Tavares go, and then what are the moves they're going to make? It's just that a lot of their roster is going to turn over, and you're going to have to leave some pretty big decisions to a GM that I don't know if you should trust that much. So this year, I think they're fine. Okay, But much beyond that, not so much. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you signed a guy like has Calgary advanced in the playoffs under true living was their first year. He made the second round. Maybe
0: believe that is the case. Yes.
1: Like that's tough. You just, the guy was there for like a decade. He just signed. You just like, all right, well, he got fired. Immediately got to snap that guy up. I don't know, man. Good luck with that, I guess. But I can see why this, this fella at the Arctic monkeys concert was, uh, he was feeling nervous. Hmm. to say the least.
0: Feeling a little threatened, perhaps? I think so. Listen, we have the best U.S. goal scorer, at least in the active NHL, maybe of all time. So, (laughs) begs the question. People are saying we have the best Swedish defenseman of all time. I agree with that as well. I I really just wonder, though, how many... Matthews is going to finish behind Tage Thompson in heart voting this year. I think it's going to be a really interesting storyline to watch. Like, is Matthews going to finish outside the top five when Tage ends up winning the heart this year? Is he going to be outside the top 10? I don't know. I think there's a lot of questions to ask about that.
1: Well, Matthews was not that high in heart voting last year, I don't believe.
0: Mm. It's going to be even lower this year, then, I guess. Anyway, yeah. Taylor. So
1: I would like to give you on the record, you do believe that. Uh, like me, that we have the best Swedish defenseman of all time. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think, even think another one comes to mind. Nope, nobody that immediately,
0: definitely not somebody that played for a team that's currently in the Sabres division. No.
1: no, not even worth mentioning.
0: That's even currently in the Sabres division, for that matter, as well. Yeah, just doesn't really uh ring any bells. Nope. Well... As this is going to be a a pretty quick episode today, folks, with it being the first week of September and again in advance of training camp starting. Taylor, would we like to hear a word from our sponsors?
1: This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Boy, I sure can. not It feels like just yesterday that all my friends came over to watch the Eagles lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And it turned out I ordered way too much food, and then my whole week I just had to eat pizza and wings for lunch every day because I had so many left over. We all have the same problem. Crazy, right? Mm. Well, good thing that's over. I just finished all the pizza and wings. Just kidding. Uh, the season it's back. The NFL is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for Week 1. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. So, what are you going to do? Download the DraftKings, app, DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just 5 bucks. That's code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 100GAMBLER or www.1800GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877 8 hope or text hope and 467 four six seven three six nine in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org. Please play responsible on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Much like the freaking first round of the playoffs. See DraftKings.com football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. You might notice uh, we are not going to have a du- another ad you've been hearing lately. And no, I don't want to talk about it. Hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway... <laughs> so we're moving right on to our favorite sponsors that's right it's thin man brewery and folks guess what is here a new variant of minky boodle for all the sweet boys that like me that like sweet beers and girls i should say sweet ladies and sweet people of every variety new minky boodle variety called minky tango it's here it's raspberry tangerine key lime seven percent and uh Thin Man says it packs a sweaty citrus punch out for distribution, so check it out there. If you're into sour beers, you're a sweet boy, a sour girl, or anything in between, check it out. That's a Thin Man Brewery. It's, uh, it's available uh, probably at your local grocery store, and if it's not, I think you get to – you're legally allowed to spit on the floor in disgust and leave. Wow. Yes.
0: We're going to – have to double check with Yvonne on that. I think
1: let me, let me get to the straight up Sabers legal team on that one. Don't yeah. do that yet. We'll have more on that on Thursday. Um, and we, you know, we got some other stuff, box uh, boxcar waiting. That's another one, a beer we mentioned Oktoberfest, some Someone's in the past, but something I really want to hype up is the shirts folks. You got to check them out. They look really cool. I'm going to get one. Brendan's probably going to get one too. Welcome to Hell, Thin man, brewery pills, mafia shirts. Perfect for bill season. Perfect for, the, I don't know. First month or so when you can wear a t-shirt to the games, it's gonna be great. And honestly, great for the off because you know, goddamn well, no one in the city knows how to dress unless they're wearing Bills gear. I'm saying this right now as I'm wearing both a Bills shirt and hat. We and uh, I'm very proud of it.
0: Well said, sir. Well also, said. Also,
1: last thing before the ad ends, but uh, when we were in Toronto this weekend, we were at a restaurant and. I walked in the bathroom. There's a guy at a urinal. I saw a Bill's hat and I was like, I was going to go, should I tell this guy? Go bills. And it was, it turns out it was our friend Dakota that we were with. <laughs> We've been wearing that hat all day. And I just didn't notice it. I just saw bills and I was like, ah, I gotta, I gotta talk to this guy. And I did. Cause it was our friend. Um, it's funny. So-
0: too, because when we went to get drinks, like when we first got there, the woman who was working at the, the kiosk or whatever asked for our IDs and she was like, oh, my God, you got like I she's like, I keep seeing Buffalo people coming through here. So Buffalo
1: had a good uh, had a good little showing at Arctic Monkeys this weekend. Buffalo loves the Arctic Monkeys. And uh, oh, last thing, Thin Man. Chandler location, pizza. Trivia, hopefully soon. And uh, a bunch of good drinks. And always great times. So check it out. And if you haven't been there, it's a great location. Uh, there's a a celebration event space upstairs. So like, feel free to get married there or something. You want to get married there, Taylor? Yeah, maybe someday. And you? Yeah, if the Sabres win the Cup. Deal. All yeah. right. Looking forward to it. This time next year, then you and I are going to be hitched. Also, we're going to guarantee right now, if the Sabres win the Stanley Cup, and we're still doing the podcast, we will rent out that room and do a live podcast if Thin Man allows us to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If Thin Man lets us do that, we'll do that. If the Sabres win the cup and Thin Man lets us do that. Are you intentionally leaving out the part about us getting married or? Yeah, well that we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll take it as it comes. You're right.
0: Logistics. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share today before we sign?
1: One question based on what I saw today. Oh yeah. Okay. So like it, Last week, John Warrow of the AP spoke to Pat Kane. I, I think he was speaking to him about the new women's hockey league, which we should probably talk about this at some point. There yeah. will be no Buffalo pro women's hockey team at the moment. Uh, yeah. We should probably, maybe we we'll talk about that on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, but apparently Pat Kane is a fan of women's hockey and was excited for the new league that's popping up. Uh, and he asked him and he said he's skating again.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: for those who don't know, Kane is not on a team right now. Uh, here in early September he originally wasn't supposed to get back to playing until like December 1st ish mm-hmm. that time so we'll see on that like on that front when he actually does get to you know clear the contact I mean he's skating and all that but you know if, if contact and that but anyway what I saw today was uh some rumbling that he might want to go to Detroit to play with the I don't know if Detroit has room for him I don't know what kind of money he wants but I was like, is that a good move for Detroit? I don't know. I guess so. Oh. I mean, they're going for it, right? We might as well really go for it. I don't yeah. know if they have room or anything. It's just something I saw. Something, I just, think, a, just a variable out there.
0: I think it's fair to question how much sense that makes from his side. Uh, Detroit, I mean, I think with how Stevie Y is handled, the past couple of off seasons. I don't think that this would necessarily be a surprising move by any means for the Red Wings, but I mean, for him, like, dude, he's got to be able to find a better contender than that to go to. You're going to really go to the team that is in the, I would say probably we could safely say the Atlantic is the toughest division in hockey or close to at least. And yeah, it has the most, at least decent to good teams. And so you're going to go to a team that's not even really in the conversation right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, they could make the playoffs, so he's going to be thirty five probably by the time he hits the guys the next time. Who who do we think is, uh, you know, got the cap room for him, got the money and got the place for him? The Rangers go back to the Rangers. Definitely not. I don't know what their cap situation is. They they got uh they got Kako on a steal, right?
0: <laughs> they sure did.
1: They re-signed him, so they should be fine. Yeah,
0: I honestly, uh, you know what, man? I don't know because part of me wanted to say Dallas, but Dallas is up to the cap. And I really can't think of another t- I mean Oh, so are the Rangers. Oof. Yeah, Rangers are definitely, like, in a not great spot as far as that goes. Uh, let's see. I mean, let's let's go through each of the divisions here. Like, anywhere else in the Atlantic, really? I, I don't necessarily think so. Good Lord almighty, the Rangers are
1: paying Jacob Trouba $8 million a year. Oh, yeah, baby. Getting made more money than Tage Thompson for three more full seasons. Man, you know what? I have a team in
0: mind that I want to just... I want to just look it up just to see, but I don't know how much sense it makes. I guess, but just give me a minute here. No, they. I was gonna say New Jersey, but they really don't have the space either.
1: Yeah, I forgot the Rangers signed Lake Wheeler. He's probably their designated old guy. That I face- mean, shit. All the uh, they they don't have room at forward now. I'm looking at it now, like. I think that maybe they try to make room if they did, but like, they also don't have cap room. Are they going to cut one of these guys and pay Kane league minimum? I just don't know if this fits.
0: Yeah. I mean, looking in the Metro Carolina, you would think as a team that would make a move like that, but they don't have any room. Oh God. The Islanders. Nope. They definitely don't have any room.
1: <laughs> the Islanders are uh, in insane place right now. They might be in the worst place of anyone in the league, except that they have Sorokin.
0: No wash. I mean, maybe Washington, but they don't really have the,
1: are they a contender? Are they more of a contender than Detroit? I would I would say so. I would say no. No? I think mm, it depends on goaltending. think but at ref- the moment, I think I'd rather be Detroit than Washington. their
0: division, I think so.
1: Ooh, that's a good point because we don't know what Pittsburgh's going to look like. You figure that Carolina will be good, the Devils will be good, the Rangers will be at least kind of good. And then that fourth spot might be open if the Penguins aren't good and if the Islanders... Aren't good. I don't know. Let me throw one at you.
0: I don't know. Again, the plausibility of it. They have only 1.6 available million available in cap space right now. What about Minnesota? Hmm.
1: I Some think that- people picked up to win the cup last year. Bit of a disappointment. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's something. Right. It's, they, they were good. They made the playoffs they have the talent to be better than they were last year. I don't know. Maybe he'd consider that. I don't know. Really I know what he wants to do. What about I Seattle? He- Seattle. I don't know. Well, so what was the deal with him wanting to go to New York last year? He had a no move. So he basically could block anything.
0: Yeah. And I think he had a couple of teams that were his preferred destinations, but New York was definitely among them. That's, I think part of the reason too why I at least have felt decently strongly about Dallas being a possibility because they were another one of the teams that were linked to him last year. But man, oh man, I don't
1: know. I mean, it's, it's tight right now, man. Okay. So just to reiterate this, this whole situation with uh, the uh, the Islanders. Wow. <laughs> That's my main takeaway in twenty eight twenty nine, they have, oh, good Lord. Uh, hold on a second. They have almost $50 million committed to twenty eight, twenty nine. Wow. I'm not joking. They have almost that. And, and, and these contracts go beyond that. So they have all that money committed to 29-30. Uh, it's crazy. They're short-term. They're not getting out of this anytime soon. But for example, not even this upcoming season, not even next season, in 25-26 9.1 to Barzell, 8.5 to Bo Horvat, 7 to Anders Lee, 5 to Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, 3 to Pierre Engval, 2 to Casey Zizekas, 1 to Ross Johnson, uh, 6.15 for Ryan Pulak, 5.7 for Adam Pellick, 3.5 for Scott Mayfield, uh, 8.25 for Sorokin, and 2.75 for Varlamov. Mm. Jesus!
0: All right, well let me get this to you then, Taylor, as we're talking about potential options here. That is a fu- that is just a nightmare there. So sorry to our Islanders fans. But among teams, Taylor, right now that have a projected cap space of over $2 million or more or of over $2 million, not to be redundant there, it really is just Detroit, the Sabers and maybe Nashville depending on how good you're feeling about them. Otherwise, Minnesota is just below at 1.6. As I said before, Winnipeg, they're at 1.7. And then above that, you have New Jersey has 1.9 of in available cap space right now. Then as you get to the ones that are above 2 million, you have the Flyers, Arizona, San Jose, Columbus, Detroit, Nashville, Buffalo, Chicago, and Anaheim. Mm. And you got to think with somebody like I get it with his on ice impacts and everything, but somebody of Kane's stature is going to get more than two million.
1: Yeah, I I wonder if he gets a one year deal, though, because if you're a team that's trying to sign him, it'd be insulting to try to do a PTO or a workout. Right. Right. So someone of his like his stature, like you said, you can't just do that. On the other hand, how do you know? that he's different than last like, how do you know the surgery didn't just work to fix the problem it worked to make him more like the old kane again
0: i mean and that's a- moreover
1: for smart franchises is the 21 22 version of kane actually is the juice worth the squeeze there i think that's fair to ask that uh as we talked
0: about before i mean with the procedure that he had done and from some stuff that we've heard the word is and just stuff that also i think has been at least like vaguely reported a little bit the word is is that he's feeling significantly better than he was all of last season now Again, we got to keep in mind that we're talking about a guy that's on the wrong side of 30 right now. And the surgery that he got is not one that guys typically can just come back from. I don't know. I think we've talked about that there's even been like a limited number of guys who even had the surgery in the first place, let alone or at this stage of their careers. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fair to wonder, like, what are you getting there? And, again, you're not making a long-term investment there. I don't think anybody that signs him would be. I mean, two years maybe, but I think one year is, like, I would be shocked if he got anything more than just a one-year deal. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you're not signing him to step in and be the savior on a team or to be, like, the guy. You're you're bringing him in to be essentially what the Rangers were trying to bring him in to do, which was to be, like, a solid, consistent, secondary scoring presence for a team. And Kane is right now and what he profiles as – That makes the most sense on a team that is a legitimate contender, but it's very, very limited how many of these teams actually are. I mean, like I said, New Jersey, I do wonder about, because if they're at 1.9, yeah, 1.919 million available right now. And it makes you wonder like, do they have the ability to move on from somebody that can clear up a couple million. Like, for example, I'm looking now and they have Eric Hall assigned for two more years at 3.15 million. Like, do you look to move on from that deal? And then that opens up the money for you to be able to sign somebody like Kane there because you look at the rest of their, their lineup right now, I mean, at least among their bottom six, There's some guys there that are all at least like capable NHL players. You have Nolan Foote, Dawson Mercer, Thomas Snozek, who I believe just signed there after spending some time in Boston, Curtis Lazar, Nathan Bastian, Michael McLeod. If you're trying to make an upgrade onto your second or third or your middle six wingers, do you look at a guy like and Maybe you try and move on from him to clear up that money for you to go get Kane, to put yourself over the top. If that's how you would, the kind of move that you feel that would be.
1: Yeah, that's, I think teams will think like that, like the pedigree's there, so maybe they want to bet on it and they think maybe it was mostly the his injury that was holding him back last year. I just think what you should expect is an interesting thing. We talked about this two years ago and it was summer and people were speculating about Kane uh having you know, this might have been the last offseason now that I think about it. Anyway, uh Kane uh at the Kane of two years ago, basically, the guy you want to get back to. I think that's an interesting guy to look at because people look like 92 points, good. That means he's one of the best offensive players in the game. I think you don't have to do some crazy analytics deep dive and be like a hard mathematician to look at it and start to see the cracks a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people just want to go 92 points, 92 points, shut up. Here's the thing, 26 goals, 66 assists. So start with that. That is not an elite goal total, not even close, not even really an all-star level goal total for a winger. And then you get to the point that 17 of those goals were even strength. And then you get to the point that he was playing because it was a bad Blackhawks team, twenty-two minutes a game as a winger. That's a lot of minutes, for those uh, unfamiliar. He was the high he was playing more minutes than any winger in the league. And then you start to get the rate rate stats a little bit, because things would regulate more if you run a good team, and you get to thinking, Hey, is he even a good goal scorer anymore? Seventeen even strength goals and playing the most minutes in the league? And yeah, no, it turns out, no, he's not even remotely a good goal scorer. He's not even really an average goal scorer. He was not even, I believe that you're not even in the top 200 or top 250 in even strength goals per 60 or minute, whatever, even strength scoring rate. Assist wise, though, 66 assists. That is still a very high total. That's an elite total. Uh, obviously, a lot in the power play 22 of them, one third of them are on the power play. So 44 even strength assists. Mm-hmm. That is a. Not elite, but that was closer to he's still a good passer, still a good setup man, which matched up with the eye test. And you have to take all of that with the fact that he is just not useful on his end of the ice these days. He never was really that good of a back checker or, you know, just defensive player in general in his own zone, but he became pretty useless at it. So now you have to wonder how worth it that is. And is that what you're trying to get? You're getting a guy that's a good uh good power play player, but if you're uh if you're a good team, if you're a contender, there's a chance you already have a good power play. That's not yep. the hardest thing in the world to find good power play players. So, But if you need him, that's good. And then number two, uh, you have a guy who's a great passer and even strength. And and then I'm willing to forego last season. Just to say, last season he was hurt the whole season. He was playing hurt. Forget that. Yep. But like you said, he is, he's going to be 35. And I think Crosby and Ovechkin have really ruined our idea of what a uh, aging player looks like. Joe Thornton even, too. Joe Thornton, Chara, all these guys. Like, those guys did because there's a lot of guys uh, besides them that we're starting to see. This is what guys tend to look like. Like, Taze has had his issues, sure, right? But, like, Taze is actually more normal. I don't know if you have any other examples out there of guys that are just like, well, I'm 34 and I'm just not good anymore, even though I used to be incredible.
0: I, I mean it's the majority of guys who end up making it that that yeah oh you know, they just they have that kind of a fall off and granted again yeah like Kane isn't exactly like a bruiser necessarily you know I, I I don't know I guess that's the thing is like keeping in the context here that we're talking about getting back to where he was the version of him from two years ago getting that amount of ice time the, the five on five scoring compared to the, what he can contribute to on the power play and everything. And again, I, I don't know, for me, I just go back to the fact that if you can, if you're a team that you can like figure out a way to make it work, like he, he is going to provide you scoring. You just are going to have to pair him with a line mate or two that's very defensively inclined. And so, you know, again, I, that's why I kind of made the point before, like, it's not like you're buying into a guy that, you're relying on to be the 92 point guy. You're probably looking for him to be like the 60 point guy who doesn't get his face caved in at five on five. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably a fair assessment. And if you're talking about having to give out a, I don't know, I, I would say like a $4 million deal or something like, and that I could be totally wrong. I I haven't looked at what, uh evolving hockey's projection for him is or anything like that i'm just putting a number out there like if, if that's what you're paying for and you think that the guy is going to put you over the edge and just be able to supplement as compared to needing to be a key piece then yeah that's that's definitely a move, a move worth making but conversely yeah if you are expecting something substantial then I think you're going to be in for a rude awakening and you're doing this for all the wrong reasons. You know, I, that's why, again, like a team like Dallas or a team like New Jersey, I think it makes sense there because he's going to be relied upon to be the maybe like fifth, most important player in the forward group. Yeah. Like, you know, so, for me, I guess it can make sense there and again, like if you are getting that version back, then I think it's it's worth considering. But again, you're you're absolutely right though that if there's hoops that you have to go through to be able to make the signing work and you are looking at your top nine and there's really nowhere that makes sense for him to step in and replace a guy because of the makeup of your team. like if you already have a player like him on your third line right now, do you want to add another guy like that that just, again, is going to be a crater defensively for you? Then, yeah, then you absolutely are asking yourself if the juice is worth a squeeze. I- I'm with you on that 100%. Like, it doesn't make sense for every contender. You know, like we talked about, like, New York, obviously, with him being there last year. Like, it does not make any sense for New York to try to, like, make a move to fit him in or or to get him in the mix they don't they don't need him to be quite honest you know and not to say that any of these other teams that may be looking into him necessarily need him but if he makes you better then i think it's fair to ask that but there's also just like a lot of teams that it's not going to be worth it if he only makes you like marginally better or something new jersey i think it makes sense because he again like not that you're going to need to like take some of the weight off of like Jack Hughes, for example, because he's, he is what he is. Like he's a superstar. Same thing goes for like Nico Heischer and the two-way play that he brings in his offensive contributions. And again, the other talent that they have there as well, you know, you have Tyler Toffoli, uh, Palat, Jesper Bratt, Timo Meyer. I mean, you have a a really, really good base there of guys that are a mix between scorers and guys who can put up points for you, but also have good two-way games. And for New Jersey's sake, yeah, maybe it does make sense for that. I think the same is, Again, with, with Dallas, too, if you were to go through their roster. So I don't know. It's interesting to see. But then again, with Dallas, it's like they just got Matthew Shane. And I don't don't if, if memory serves me correct, he isn't exactly like blowing the roof off as a defensive forward either. Yeah,
1: it's a good point. Well, look at us. We did a 40-plus-minute episode on Labor Day weekend. We did it. We're good Both content t- creators. But, well, well uh, more to come on that.
0: Damn right. Taylor, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share before we sign off? Go Bills. Go Bills, indeed. Very hyped. Hey, and if you're looking for some plans for the uh, for the opener against the Jets, my band Slow Animals is going to be playing at Wayland Brewing for a pregame party from 5 to 8 p.m. before kickoff, which I believe is at 8.20 that night. But, yeah, we'll be playing three hours, so get out of work and come over to Wayland Brewing and hang out. I haven't had the chance to make my way over yet, but everybody I, who I talk to says that the place is it's it's so cool there and is a really good spot. So very excited for it. So if you're not doing anything, Wayland Brewing, September 11th. All right. Heck yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres, everybody. This episode and all episodes are brought to you by, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, our two wonderful sponsors. Make sure you're checking out both of the – or sponsors, <laughs> wonderful presenters, I should say. Make sure you're checking out both of our networks on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows, and make sure you're following them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Where You can also find us, Straight Up Savers. Last but not least, we have our two wonderful sponsors, that being DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. And last but not least, of course, Thin Man Brewery. Make sure you're heading over to Thin Man Chandler for a nice little drink after work or maybe dinner with the family or with some pals, whatever it may be that you're looking to do for some after work plans. Thin Man Chandler is the place to be. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Safe.